0: Welcome to the Financial Advisors Edge Podcast, a show created by financial advisors for financial advisors. Are you ready for some straight talk about building and growing a financial services practice? Four advisors in different states at different firms could have each built $100 million plus practices from scratch the right way, through hard work, doing the right thing, and having fun while doing it. It's time for you to get the edge. Your hosts, Brad Warford, Jeff Copeland, Jim Martin, and Greg Gonzalez.
1: Today, we are talking about how to avoid burnout. Look, We've all reached it at some point where we've had enough. We've thrown our hands up in the air and we said, enough is enough. I'm going to burn this thing down and just run a lifestyle practice. Or if I could just sell it tomorrow, that's what I want to do. Uh, that's what we're talking about today. How do you avoid that? How do you continue to grow? How do you set the pace that you can live with as you're growing your ideal practice? Hey, my name is Jim Martin. I'm one of the the co-founders and co-hosts of the Financial Advisors Edge podcast. I'm joined by Greg Gonzalez and also Brad Warhurst. I'm excited for this topic. You know, burnout's a real thing in our industry. We see a lot of people go through it, struggle with it, have to deal with it. And I'm curious your take on it. And I'm just going to kind of go around the horn. I want to get both of your opinions on it. Greg, you're right next to me on the screen. Have you felt this before? Am I insane thinking other advisors feel this way?
2: I, I definitely have felt it before. And typically it's, it's rev- for me personally, it's review meetings that I get burnt out on real quick. If I have review meeting after review meeting after review meeting, it just drains me personally. I don't know if the two of you experienced that. Uh, for, for new prospect meetings, those almost energize me. I, I can do those, you know, but but as far as those review meetings, for the advisors out there that want to stack your calendar up and just do meeting after meeting after meeting, day after day after day, boy, I get wiped out just personally
1: yeah, I feel that you know i th- I think it's that 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 trademarked surge meeting that that or concept where you you kind of you you build in you know i don't know like ten appointments a day for two months straight not only do you get burnout, you burn your staff out doing it. I'm not an, I used to do it. I've tried it before. I'm not an advocate. Now I do think, I do think you want to put them into one quarter if you can, or try to get through it, but just trying to like grind through it. I mean, h- how many conversations can you have about grandkids and dogs before you you don't really treat the person in front of you like a human being, but like a number, I right? I don't think that's how our clients deserve to be handled. Brad, for you, uh, you know, how are you feeling about burnout, about, is it around, you know, Growth is it around client meetings? When do you feel it, or have you ever felt it? You know, I think it's both. I get the same
0: way
3: with the review meetings. I do try. I, I'm guilty of stacking my review meetings in a single day or two in a week. Um, but then I do try and break it up by by being not client facing for a couple of days. So I'm not literally going. I'm not literally going two weeks, uh, or I'm sorry, two or three months with with every day being like that. But where I got where I started to feel some burnout was that kind of transition when you start out in the business and you're a lot of money. So most of the prospecting and marketing you do is paid for with sweat equity. After a half a decade of really killing it at that pace, I mean, that's when I started to feel it. And you know, I think the eventual solution for me and probably what it should be for most people is you start, you start to shift your prospecting and your marketing from uh, paying for it with sweat Equity and paying for it with dollars uh, is the way I, I think I
1: came out of it, but that's it, yeah. for yeah, yeah, actually, I think that's a really profound comment because I think I felt that as well, like where you know all of a sudden, like y- y- making a cold call or knocking on a door or what, whatever that methodology is of prospecting almost becomes like the phone is so heavy, like yeah. it's usually at the point where like you have enough. <laughs> you have enough assets to live a comfortable life, and, but but you're not really successful yet. You're just comfortable. And, um, and, and and you make up this idea that you're going to run a lifestyle business at that point. And, and, and usually that's kind of how you back into it. Greg, I think you and I have had this conversation before. Have you felt that way or have you seen that happen before? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like, okay,
2: wow. Life is starting to get good. I got to that point. Life is starting to get good. I can kind of lay off the hammer, so to speak, slow down. I don't need to work the Saturdays, the, the five or six o'clock, you know, at night appointments. I, I don't have to grind as hard. But then I go back to my goals and it's like, well, what do I enjoy doing? What gives me satisfaction in this business? And how the how the hell am I ever going to meet my goals if, if I don't continue to work? Am I just going to, you know, sit here and plateau? No. You know, we we've got I guess the the vision is is what it what keeps us going. Yeah, I remember I I worked Saturdays for a long, 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 long time. And I remember finally the year when I said, you know, hey, I'm comfortable anymore. I'm not going to I'm not going to meet with people on Saturday mornings anymore. Then it was, hey, I'm going to cut my my night, you know, or evening hours. I'm going to cut those back to four or four thirty. And this has not slowed because of it. That was, that was, uh, that was all in my head. So, so yeah, it's, I guess it's kind of stages that you go through in this business as you evolve. So.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, for me, when, when I feel burnout is generally speaking, when too many client appointments, so I've, I have too many reviews and, and. Not that they're draining, but they do wear me down. They do not energize me the same way meeting with a prospect and building a plan and doing all those other things. Uh, They do not energize me the same way. The other thing that burns me out, I'm going to be honest, like when when I'm dealing with staffing issues, like that literally makes me not want to like, it makes me want to go find a a firm to join. Like maybe I need to go work at Edward Jones and I don't have to deal with this stuff anymore or, or I need to go find another, or I need to sell it. Like I start to have these feelings because- I just don't want to deal with it. I don't know if it's burnout or just like utter frustration. And that, that's where we kind of adapted this, this conceptual idea of like only hire impact players, a players on your team, you've got to hire the very best and compensate them. So I don't have to feel that. So I think, I think you do it. Like, let's talk about how to avoid this. So like burnout's real and you see it for a lot of different reasons, whether it's prospecting, whether it's, um, whether it's office staff, whether it's just life, like, right. Like like this is a high demand job. It can be really stressful too. Like there's a lot of things that can cause it. So let's talk about how to avoid it. How do you push through it? And how do you continue to grow? So Brad, for you, you know, when you begin to feel this at certain points, like what, how, how do you build controls around it to get through it? Well, so, so one thing I just noticed as we were talking,
3: it seems to me like the burnout risk occurs during f- career phases where you're, where you're getting close to going to the next level or you're trying to get to the next level, right? What did we just talk about? You get burnout out after four or five years of going from trainee to established advisor. Cause you just spent 60 hours a week knocking on doors or cold calling or whatever you're doing. Same, same thing, you know, with Jim, what you just mentioned with staffing, right? Like you're trying, when you're adding staff and that's being a, a thing that's burning you out and draining you, you're adding staff because you're trying to get to the next level. So, you're doing surge meetings for three months straight. You've got an established book of business and you're trying to get the surge, trying to get the reviews out of the way so you can go back to focusing on growth. the risk. I think step one of managing it is being aware of when it's likely to happen. And I think it's when you're trying to get to the next level. What do you yeah, guys think? I,
1: Step one. Of- I, I think it's great. I think, you know, the reason we're talking about this primarily is because this question came up in the Elite Advisor Lab. You know, We were doing a live session in, in the Elite Advisor Lab. And those who are not familiar, it's our, it's our online community. We have a community of advisors that, that want to participate and grow and get better. And let's be honest, being an advisor can be a really lonely place in a lot of times. You don't know who to ask. You might be in an office without helpful people. You might be in a company where you don't get the service. So we started a, a community called the Elite Advisor Lab where advisors can get together, share ideas. And every month we go through, and do an office hours. We actually do that weekly. We have a live session every week. We do video trainings throughout the week. And then in addition to that, we do a deep dive in our businesses. And one of the questions that came up was, hey, uh, you know, I might be feeling a little burnout around this and how do I handle it? And, you know, for folks out there who might be feeling this and want some we really went really into this and, and shared some ideas around how do you avoid it? How do you get through it? What's the best way to plan for it? And I want to invite you to go out to the Elite Advisor Lab. If you've never checked it out, you know, I, I wish this was around when I was starting. I really mean it sincerely. It is a uh, it is incredibly impactful to those who want to learn. It's EliteAdvisorLab.com is the URL. So just go to EliteAdvisorLab.com. Join the join the lab. Check it out. It's There's no annual commitment. You can be there for a month. If you don't like it, cancel it. No worries. Uh, that's in the show notes as well. Elite Advisor Lab. But t- to answer the question, you know, for me, how I avoid it I think people need to take breaks as well. Like I think sometimes to Greg's point, you know, working Saturdays or working in the evenings and doing this for years and years, it can wear you down. So you need to be able to take vacations. You need to be able to get away. You need to be able, when you're on vacation, put the phone down. So I think for me, that one of the best ways I avoid it is figuring out how to identify it. Like, when am I going to feel it? And then stepping away. And for me, like, you know, on Tuesday this week, me and my kid went out, and we worked on our food plots for for hunting season coming up, and that was a great time for me. I can like just step away and enjoy life for a little bit, and not think about work. So that's how I've. Uh, Brad, how about you, Greg? I'm going to kind of twist because
0: this
2: is something that we haven't talked about as far as when you get burnout, and I mean, I think it is in stages, as Brad mentioned. I mean, that, that's that's totally true, but also when the market is down, clients are calling. I get very very burnt out of having the same conversation, talking people off the ledge, having those and and of course they're going to bring up politics and what's causing it in their mind, whether it's Trump or Biden or this or that. But I get burnt out on trying to defend the portfolio, the long-term, you know, vision and the plan and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know if I'm just sometimes people are almost whining or you know and they want answers and I don't know when the market's going to recover but I know it, it's kind of one of those things hey we're we're long-term investors we're not we're not short-sighted here we're not trying to you know double our money by noon tomorrow but for me personally whenever you go into like you know you know a downturn like like last year 2022 it burns me out I just uh, what about you guys
3: yeah, Greg like, you want to the- What you guys, one of the ways that I, I get less burnout from down markets like that is uh, when I started being more proactive on the corrections and reaching out, I think I talked about this in a, in an episode a long time ago where I like, I just call them and I pretend, I'm not pretend like I'm excited. I'm like, Hey Bob, great news. The market's down. We can rebalance and buy some stocks on the cheap. And like more often than not, they just go along with it. Like they, it's like group think like if I'm excited, they're excited and you're just treated as an opportunity. And it took a lot of the, you know, it's not the work. It's not the work. It's the negativity. I think that drains on you. Just like with reviews. It's not that we mind talking to people. Hell we're on here right now, talking to people because we like to do it. It's because same thing with reviews. It's not, it's not fun. It's not interesting. It's generally like Greg said, listen to, listen to people talk about their grandkids and pets. I feel like that's my job, you know, so it, it's, the, it's the tone, it's the negativity that wears you down. So if you can do anything to be proactive and, and eliminate some of the negativity, I think it, it helps a lot.
2: Help. What about you, Jim, when the client says, should we be doing anything different? Is there something, is there something we can do? Can't, can't we make a change? We got to make a switch. I'm just sick of losing money. Every statement seems to be lower and lower and lower. What's going on down there?
1: I approach it the same way Brad does. I, I'm very proactive in a market downturn. I was actually thinking about this. We had a, we had a group text and a conversation in the lab around capacity and how do you serve clients and what your service schedule look like. And I, I think the reality is, is that in really good markets, people aren't calling to meet with you. Like they don't need to meet with you as often. Like they, your service can kind of ebb and flow relative to the ups and downs in the market. And I think when the market is down, you need to up your game a little bit. So there's that point of like regular maintenance on a car. Like I'm gonna change the oil, I'm gonna rotate the tires, I'm gonna do this stuff, right? But when the check engine light comes on, you gotta get it serviced. You just have to do more work on it. And the same thing, is like when the market's down more than 10%, the check engine light is on in your business. And you need to pick up the phone, you need to get videos out, you need to be proactive. And I'll tell you what, like with this last market correction, like being proactive, rebalancing, doing Roth conversions, sending out emails and videos, but not never panicked. Like, guys, we're going to get through it. We're going to do this. I think that's a game changer. It doesn't drain you when you've had like six meetings and you have to deal with like nuts talking about the Federal Reserve folding like the country up into a bag and taking it around. Or, you know, I had one guy call me and like, you know, I think the Fed's going to do this. That didn't come true, but now I want to go into gold because now we're going to have hyperinflation. I'm like, Dude, we're not going to have hyperinflation at this point. if we were going to have it, we would have had it, right? Like, and I'm not forecasting this stuff, but yeah, that stuff wears you down, but you also have to take it with a grain of You're just going to have nutty people when things are going crazy. So I try not to let it, but I get how it can. And I think Brad's point about being proactive solves that in a big way. Think of it like a car. That check engine engine light comes on, start working on it. You got to pull over and take immediate action. Jim,
3: I like that because I think part of this this is one of those answers where like <clears throat> the old school generation, you know, tough love thing. Like it's important. That's why it's important to keep yourself at an even keel. I think most of the time when things are normal, because the reality of our job is once in a while, every three to seven years, we are got to hustle. And that's just what it is. That's why we make what we make once and once in a while, there's going to be years where we have to, we have to hustle. And that's why it's important to keep your focus and your mental acuity and everything else on point when things are when the check engine light is not on, you know, so that when it does flip on, you are ready to game for three, six, nine months, whatever it takes.
1: Yeah, I think so too. I think there's a lot of controls to be had around avoiding this, like avoiding burnout by being proactive around client communications, avoiding burnout by recognizing those kind of transitions. And I think that's a good place to come back to because I think Brad is onto something that we haven't, I don't think we've really dived into this. Like, when do people start to feel burned out? And I think it is that transition. Like, how do I transition? And I'm plateaued. Like, I I can't get to the next level. So let's talk about that. Let's kind of go through the stages of building a practice. Let's face it, the first zero through five years is like grind time, right? You are grinding away. And at that point, you're gonna to have to do things differently if you want to get to the next level. I wanna hear what you guys did to kind of go to the next level because I think that would be really useful for folks who are there. And I wanna talk about how do you get to the next level after that. So, Greg, zero through five, you're kind of grinded. You you did all the stuff. you started for you started as assistant, you moved into an advisor, you didn't get handed ten million dollars or thirty million dollars or something. How did you do it? How did you break through that plateau where you kind of transition from complete brute force marketing to something else.
2: Yeah. So it was, I was going to do every, anything and everything that I could. Uh, and there's a line from a book that I love. How you do anything is how you do everything. So, you know, I was going to have, if it, other advisors wouldn't, wouldn't meet with people at 30, 6 o'clock, hey, come on in. How, how's Tuesday at 6 o'clock? I'll meet with you. I got into this business. I was eager. I was young. I was single. I was sharp. I would meet with those people when no one else would. Oh, you can only meet on Saturdays. You're a doctor. Great. <laughs> How's Saturday at 10 a.m. sound? So it was literally six days a week. I was doing anything and everything, um, doing a ton of prospecting because I, I, you know, and as, as I got more clients, less time prospecting. So, you know, as you first start off, it's 100 percent prospecting. Maybe the after the first year, it's maybe 10 percent reviews, client service, 90% prospecting. And then that percentage shifts as you grow and grow and grow. But you you got it. I was trying to do anything I could. And the reason being is because I knew, because as I, when I was an assistant, I went through like 08, 09. And I remember advisors, I, I saw it from my own eyes. I I saw what can happen to somebody's business. And, and financial advisors practice is with with a, know, drop of a hat, the market can drop 30, 40%. And all of those revenues, if you're fee-based, just went down. You just got a pay cut of 30 to 40%. So I kind of knew whatever my goal was, I, I need to get 30 or 40% because all it's going to take is a is a market downturn. And I'm going to be back I'm going to be back to grinding again. If that makes sense, guys. No. I don't know if you guys thought about that, but
3: Greg, that's, we could do an episode just on that on, you know, we're different, you know, making two or 300,000 or 500,000 or a million a year as a, as a financial advisor is not the same as making that amount of money as a surgeon No, or right. Like we just have to, you have to account for variability of income. Yeah. Right. And that's
1: a skill in of itself. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, realtors face that same transition as well, you know, and And this is what leads a lot of advisors to uh, make terrible decisions around, around client interactions, around staffing by, by not running successful businesses. Bradford, kind of in that same boat. So let's, let's talk about like, you're going, you're kind of grinding out and you get to the point where you've burned out. How, How do you make the transition? What's like, what's that, what's that next step? I think
3: one of the biggest keys was getting right with, with spending money to grow. That doesn't mean just spending money to spend money, but very much all the things we're talking about when we start out. You want a prospect? Pick up the phone yourself. Go knock on a door yourself. Get to BNI. Get to the chamber, whatever you're doing. But it's all you doing it. And then if you're lucky enough to get a couple clients, who's doing the paperwork in year one? Usually me, right? And if not only because you don't have the support staff, but because you probably should just because you want to be soaking up everything you can like a sponge. Once you get past that rookie trainees, trainee phase where you're, you have a viable business going, you're going to want to start to delegate some of that stuff out, whether it is uh, doing pivoting to seminars instead of door knocking, right. Or buying digital leads instead of cold calling. You want to spend money instead of time because you have other things to do now, right. In year one, you don't have any reviews to do. You don't have to worry about getting burnt out from reviews because you don't have any clients, but when you start to have clients, you have to do reviews. That's gonna steal some of that time that you had to knock on doors, right? Or make cold calls. So I think it it's against human nature to just go and spend some of the big dollars required in order to to continue growth and get to the next phase. But the the same goes with servicing. It's not just it's not just growth. It's you know, in year one you, you don't have a staff. Or you maybe have a shared staff that you get to use once in a while. You get twenty five, fifty, a hundred, two fifty, whatever million dollars. You're going to need support staff. You're going to need a receptionist. You need operations people. So I think a good way to avoid and manage burnout is to make sure that you you get right with the idea that you're going to have to reinvest some of your profit back into your business. And that's something that I think a lot of advisors struggle with. But get right with it. That $50,000 you put into that support person is going to come back to you in the form of millions throughout your career, through time it saves you.
1: Yeah, so they're that, they're gonna pay for themselves. That, that's 100%. an investment. Yep, it's not a cost. Yep, it's staff is not a cost. It's an investment it, if it's the good ones, right? So I, I, I'm the same way. I, I feel I as I, I when I asked the question, I thought I had the answer, but that's it right there. I think I think the idea is you're gonna have to invest in marketing. You're gonna have to invest in staff. You're gonna invest in a nicer office. Like, sure, like use some of the profits and live on them and increase your standard of living, but you know, just because all of a sudden you're making $300,000 or that's what the revenue of the business is, that doesn't mean you need to take all of that out of the business. Like what business on the planet does that? Like no business on the planet. Businesses have embedded costs. Like a a lot of, here's the deal. Like advisors that aren't successful brag about their margin. It's just the way it works. Like guys who like have no success rag about their margin. Like that's their, that's their one claim to fame and margin's important. Don't get me wrong. Like I think running a high margin business is really, really important, but you, you're going to spend money in in a, definitely in the beginning, as you build out, you're going to build capacity in your business. You're going to build infrastructure. And I I think that's it. I think that's probably the biggest issue that I see lead to burnout. Most people have refused to invest dollars back into their business. Greg, are you seeing the same thing?
2: Yeah, and and I like how you use the word investing dollars back into the business. Jim and Brad did not say oh spending money or you know trying things out kind of thing. They're saying investing the profits that you've worked so hard for back into the business to to help you achieve other goals. And and maybe like Brad said, maybe that's buying you back time, and it may, maybe that's a, either by you know a support staff or you know doing those duties that that you, you know like paperwork or whatever it is um buying you time where okay now i can spend more time um i don't have to spend the time administratively i can be out there prospecting and marketing and doing that kind of stuff or um you know what whatever the case may be maybe it's investing more money in marketing and maybe it's upgrading the website whatever it is but absolutely it was i, I and and that was always a goal of mine and and probably both of you too is Man, once I have the money to do this, I'm gonna invest and get better back. And I'm always like thinking, like, how can we get better and better and better? Um, because we're—I've always thought, hey, we're building a brand here. Um, is this something we're gonna be really proud of? Um, well, it takes money, you know.
3: Great. Yeah. What I think—I mean, in business and in our personal lives, I—I I think the most valuable asset that that any of us will ever have is time. It's the most valuable.
1: True. And you have to figure out how you use it in this business because like researching, researching printers is a terrible use of your time. And, and we need a printer in our office. Like, but so I get people get stuck in this. Like, I'm always amazed when people are like, oh, what computer should I buy? What computer should you buy? One that works. Like, why are you even, smi- yeah. like, why are you even committing any, any power to this? Like, it's just absurd. Advisors need to be focused on two things. Coaching their staff and revenue generating activities. That's it, guys. Like yep. anything else is just BS. It is completely playing office and wasting time. So don't waste time. Like figure out ways to invest in your in your staff, in you. And this is the other thing that drives me nuts about advisors. Like, look, you need to invest in your team, your marketing, all these things. You also need to invest in a coach. And I'm not saying like you need to go out and hire a, a coach, but Tiger Woods at the peak of his career wasn't out swinging his golf club on his own. He was actually hiring a coach like Michael Jordan hired a coach like Tom Brady did not win all these Super Bowls on his own. He hired a coach. And, and I think that's a huge, huge miss by a lot of advisors like they you, we know the basics to get us from A to B, but it's really hard to get from B to C. Like it's there are so few one hundred million dollar plus practices for a reason because people get plateaued and they don't know how to get there. Are you you guys feel the same way are people like losing it because of coaching or are not investing are, what what else are we missing here around burnout guys
3: I like what you just said there Jim as far as people just not being able to not researching compu- what computer should they get like that's insanity you you shouldn't be doing that in in any level of this career i mean you need to be focusing on revenue activities Yeah
2: you you summed it up Jim when you said Focusing on revenue activities and what was the other thing? Coaching your team. Yep. That's it. Just just those if, you, Lead, if you, leadership
1: and coaching and revenue. Yep. And, and Greg, you texted us today. I'm gonna need to I, I'm going to need to potentially at some point get another conference room. Yep. Because we're we at the point and I think about that. That's an investment. Oh, yeah. That's not a cost. No. Not at all. That's an investment. That's what we've got to do to break through, to avoid that burnout, to get to the next level. I think it's, I think it's a huge deal. And that's, you know, again, that's why, that's why these, that this conversation has been so powerful in the Elite Advisor Lab. That's why we wanted to get this out here because I just think it's amazing. The the idea that you get burnout, usually burnout is solved by writing a check and investing in your business. So that's my kind of final thoughts. Burnout is solved by writing a check and figuring it out. Now, that doesn't mean you shouldn't take vacation. That doesn't mean you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you should be working at 10 o'clock. And night. think this is dumb stuff. Like once you have a level of success, you can transition. But generally speaking, for more advanced advisors, write a check and you can solve it. As we kind of wrap up today, uh, Greg, any final thoughts?
2: Yeah. If you're experiencing burnout, you know, figure out why. Is it, you know, for me, it's always, typically it's either a down market or the review meetings are just killing me. And then, you know, we need to, I need to talk to my team about spacing out those review meetings, but you know, th- this career is not like a baseball season where, you know, like the St. Louis Cardinals, I don't know how many games they play, but it's like day in and day out. I mean, they may play games like 28 games in a month. That's, I mean, that that's, you know, they have batting practice before they've got press conferences afterward. I mean, it's like, yeah, that, that, that. That'll wear you out working day in and day out and on weekends. Um, that's not this business. So, I, one thing that we haven't talked about yet is time blocking and, and how to do that effectively. I, I think there's especially some elite advisor lab members that we're, we're going to try to coach more on time blocking. And
1: we, we should do an encore on that. Like, after the one of the things we do at the elite advisor lab is after we finish up, we kind of dive deep into a topic. I think that would be an awesome encore topic to talk about blocking of time. I mean, I I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean to speak for you, but I just think it's a really cool idea.
2: Let's do that. Let's record an encore. And uh, for the elite advisor lab members, there's a special section called encore. Like Jim just said that we, after we're done recording a podcast, we record for five, 10, 15 minutes on a specific uh, topic where we get right into the detail. And those are, those encores are my favorite. So
1: that's all I got. they're, They're awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for wrapping that up. And, and Brad, how about you? I, um, as we're kind of, I'm going to let you take it out, but uh, final thoughts.
3: Uh, let me ask a question, Jim for a thousand bucks tomorrow. Will you, will you, can we bang out 350 dials and do some cold calling tomorrow for a thousand bucks? No. Okay. So there's, there you go. Everyone <laughs> recognize <laughs> when you are done trading time for, and you're ready to trade money instead. I don't think anybody on here is trade is going to bang out 300 calls tomorrow for $1,000 or even $2,000. I don't know what the number is, but it's a big number. Be aware of your number. Be aware when you are just time to stop knocking on doors and making calls and, and go to the next level and evolve. Um, be aware of it and don't be afraid to do it. That's my final thought.
1: Yeah, great stuff. I want to thank you guys for sharing these insights. I know a lot of advisors out there are feeling this way. Uh, Join us at the Elite Advisor Lab if you want to get deeper into this and you want to help push through to the next level. That's EliteAdvisorLab.com. Again, EliteAdvisorLab.com. If I was talking too fast for you to write it down, check it out in the show notes. Uh, Thanks for listening to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review if you found value in today's show. Uh, We'll be back next week.
0: See you next week.